Welcome to Critical Hit, a Major Spoilers podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and checking us out this week. I hate corporate meetings, Kevin. And I, yeah. and, and that's one thing that I can tell you that I hate. And the next thing that I hate is when somehow you go into a corporate meeting and you come out with a task that you really don't want to do. They call them action items. <laughs> they do. They so do. what's the action? What's the action item this week? Um, I'm critical hit. Well, you know, at least action item has action in it, right? Yeah, right. I'm ready for some action. Let's roll in some initiative. Get some, get some adventure items. Um, so, yeah, last time. Oh, I'm going to go ahead. Go ahead. I already went. You guys uh, had gone to the corporate headquarters of Doctor and Scramble, where you spoke with the... <laughs> Sorry. I joke with me every time. I forgot to mute. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no problem. Um, the... The uh, your your corporate overlords, uh, that is to say, sponsors, uh, as uh, they are the owners of the Space Suds brand, amongst many others, and uh, so they're they have a bit of an issue that you guys were going to help them with, uh, which is that uh, they have a rogue creative uh, on the loose within uh, the their uh, corporate research cube. Um, their R&D cube. And uh, so it, if you guys would help them uh, with that, uh, your understanding from the meeting after the meeting, uh, then they would be willing to entertain your proposal of uh, mm-hmm. them, you know, backing you to get into the wild card to, to basically start a, a um, grassroots, uh, that is yeah. say AstroTurf campaign for, uh, uh, you guys to get a wild card spot uh, to get back into drifters. That's not convoluted at all, right? Yeah. Everybody can follow. No, that. It, yeah, sure. Essentially, what we're going to do is we're going to verify our key performance indicators and eliminate any outliers, so that at the point that they do reapportion any uh, excess resources vis-a-vis ongoing projects, that we can be moved from a parking lot into a plus delta, where we would then be, you know, measured for our positives and of course there are no negatives so yeah that would be a thing yeah that's what happens when you make me speak corporate speak kevin that's i was gonna say i did this i'm sorry that's that's funny because i thought we were going to dnd our way to success basically (laughs) (laughs) i have something you want go do something for me (laughs) all right let's do it Uh, is nothing but a capitalistic ploy to subdue the masses Sorry. Please don't don't add us. Thank I, you. I'm sorry, Mr. That, Shapiro. I know I'm sorry Bob is still on his radicalization. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that was for sure. He's wearing the uh he's wearing the the yeah, my, shake my, my shaker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we've got a we got a tranquilizer because we're not supposed to kill this creative, right? That's right. You have a and giant we, like thing to stick it with. And we can't let it touch us because then we get uh, all hopped up on its goofballs. Well, I think right. it'll rewrite our DNA. Oh, right, right. Do we have DNA? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah? Uh, androids sure. are organic. Well, but he was asking about Amu, but Amu certainly has DNA. Oh, yeah. And androids are semi-organic. They're like yeah. highly, highly cybernetic, but there are there are DNA parts to you. Yeah, there's like, there's some sort of, you know, slorg in the middle of a... Uh, you know. <laughs> if you if, if you bust open Quentin like a happy fun ball, you'll find some nougat, nougat center. Yeah. Oh, I assumed it was cork. 
<laughs> I was thinking more like Gallagher with a watermelon. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking it's actually chocolate covered pretzels. Mm, delicious. Just, yeah, right there in the middle. Do we have a plan for this? Yeah, have you know that's an interesting happened? question. Um, so I'll I'll go ahead and set the scene for you guys. You are being led by uh, Zox, the um, person who basically, uh, after having to buy uh, stimulant shots for the rest of the meeting for being late, uh, he's the assistant director of security incident management, and Zox is the person who then explained everything to you, um, as it seems like. He's the only one who was actually dealing with this. And uh, after he kind of hopped around uh, leading you guys to the R&D cube, um, he's mentioned that, you know, the area is sealed, uh, but it's only a matter of time before it thinks up something that could penetrate our shielding. So, you uh, know. Do you have, like, yeah. cameras in there to, to, to monitor the situation? Uh, it's taking control of the cameras. Many of them were knocked out. Would those cameras be accessible via translate Wi-Fi into future? Oh, like a local infosphere connection? Uh, well, you could try when you're inside. We keep a... There's there's no in and out from within the cube, because otherwise it might be able to scramble our systems. Uh, all right. So we come... How do we let you know when we're done? <laughs> Just... uh, come back to this... Uh, thing we do have limited visibility into this room. Okay. Mm. All right. Well, good luck. Thank you. Right. Who's got the Who's got the syringe? I think you gave it to Amu because he was like the only person who was proficient in syringe. In injection yeah. weapons, mm. they call them. Uh, yeah, this has uh, obedience serum, but it is not like a small handheld syringe. It is like one of those, you know, giant ones they stab into your back. Like, a, like an epidural? Yes, epidural. <laughs> uh, they, there is like a little... They, whenever you want, there's like a little antechamber that they have, um, which is, you know, like a docking rectangle that they connect to the giant R&D cube. And then they'll uh, leave that connected and they'll be able to see through like their little force field into that small section of the cube that they're letting you in. Anybody... Anybody need to make any preparations? Rushrooms over there. I pull out my plasma rifle, give it a cock. I'm ready. Okay. I will, I will do the same thing. Um, Actually, I'll switch it out to my cryopike. Is there any other access point into the cube? Are there vents? No. Okay. There are force fields surrounding the entire cube. Okay. It should have plenty of oxygen and water and food depending on how long you're in there. Could you briefly um, allow us access to a vent? No. By that, if, if, if it's, there are literally nothing we can do to, to give you that access. We don't connect vents to the cube. Okay. Yeah, so we'd have to do it once we get inside. All right. Oh, there's all sorts of things inside, but not that connect to outside. There's should be there's power sources inside. There's ventilation, scientific equipment, computers. Yeah. Also, if I'm not mistaken, you said there were other people in there as well. Oh uh, yeah, several of our our staff are trapped in there as well. They yeah. might have already been I was, uh, contaminated. Yeah, I, I was just trying to 
see if we could give our uh if we could give access to our strikers from a different side but i guess we're all going through the front door the cube by the way is huge it's like suspended Mm-hmm. um so you know this is all part of this massive gleaming white uh enormous corporate headquarters that um is also devouring this uh planet that you're on um because they have lots of these little uh, machines that go and eat up the tropical environment and um, convert it into resources for Doctor and Scramble um, for their their production lines. Uh, but uh, this cube itself is, uh, you know, maybe half a kilometer wide. Wow! Um, and it's a cube, so same height and length. So it's like that distance, but cubed. <laughs> okay well uh hecubino's going to motion for vangi to come up front with him she'll nod and then uh start heading in actually it's probably now that i think about it, half a kilometer is only like 500 like it's only roughly five football fields so it's probably more like a kilometer Okay. Well, that's almost twice as much. Yeah. And then cube that. All right. Uh, so you guys are lined up. Remind me, what's the uh, the marching order? You could easily fit two abreast here, no problem. Probably three. Uh, certainly Bengi, and I think it was Bengi and Hecubino in the front. Yeah. And then um, probably, let's keep uh, Critic and the back since they're the only ones that have like a reasonable stealth score. Critic and who? Bob. Oh. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, which leaves Amu and Quentin in the middle. Apparently so. Can I shoot over their shoulders if if they're like? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay, good. Because I'll do that. Worst case scenario, you hit their shoulder. It's fine. That's fine. They won't even notice. Uh, yeah. So, all right, you. Uh, are in the little loading rectangle. It connects. The force field goes down momentarily. And um, uh, there's actually like a little uh, force field at the back of the rectangle that will, it seems to be scooting you guys in. Mm-hmm. Vengi so, yes. will like kind of tap her head like and look at Hakubino in a, you know, a telepathic control connect. I'll put a hand on Vangi uh, and yeah, activate my ability to talk to people in my brains nod be like so uh i'm not gonna enslave this thing to to work for those guys hmm. but but i'm still all in on this race i just figure we can maybe work something out with it if it's intelligent i mean yeah i be- i was planning to try to talk to it first great because maybe we can you know let it like Make it pretend, have it be persuaded to pretend that it's all submissive now. And then once we kind of get what we want, it can stage another escape because this is like apparently the second time that it's done this already. So it's not like mm-hmm. they'll necessarily blame us. Uh, then uh, we got to tell this to Amu because he's the one that's got the uh, enslaving juice. Yeah, we'll probably have time because considering that they uh, said they 
don't have cameras everywhere. Yep. Uh, so all of that communication takes place in a mere instant due to the magic of MindLink, which does actually say that you can have, convey about 10 minutes worth of information with a mere touch. Wow. Well, there you go. Um, and uh, then you guys are scooted along uh, by the force field. Um, at this point, involuntarily, it will just automatically succeed at its bull rush being a force field at pushing you into the room. And by the way, it's not enslaving juice. It's obedience serum. Oh, I was I sorry. I, I, forgot, potato. I forgot that this was a name brand joint. I was thinking <laughs> the generic brand. <laughs> TM. So you guys are pushed in. And for a moment, like the, the very near of this little entranceway uh, looks similar to how it was before, these gleaming white walls, um, featureless, except just ahead of you, down the hall, you see that uh, there starts to be tons of overgrowth uh, coming from uh, the, the, this little hallway, just goes, uh, you know, maybe a dozen meters down, and then empties out into some larger chamber, and there are vines and, like, flowers and all sorts of things growing into this hallway slightly. And rather than the, you know, kind of crisp, uh, although warm, um, temperature that the Jabubnans keep their corporate headquarters at, you know, with with regular circulating air, uh, now you're getting the kind of a uh, little bit more of a swamp-like musk coming off the the air inside here. Hey, Amu, do we have to worry about any of these plants? Do I need to roll? Oh, you can barely see. Like, the ones you can see from right here? No. But in general, yes, there are many dangerous plants. Uh, I don't... We don't see anything that's dangerous right now, but there are lots of dangerous plants out there, so... Okay. Good enough. Well, I'll move forward. All right. So you guys start heading in, and um, you quickly you know, exit this hallway and realize that most of the interior of the cube is open air um there are uh or at least as open as far as you can see because inside it is a jungle uh there are tall growing trees there's vines uh crisscrossing all around you and i mean thick vines like thicker than quentin around um and uh there's like uh floating uh mushrooms that just kind of poof and move around like uh, jellyfish through the air, but emitting some spores. There's uh, giant um, Venus flytraps that are like magenta and seem to be smiling at you. Um, There's towers of like uh, some sort of fungal thing with, it's like a mushroom, except there's a cap every like 10 or so meters. Um, And it just keeps growing. Uh, The, the, color spectrum here ranges from uh you know a bright bright green uh through these you know deep blues um there's some oranges and yellows on flowers or little flying things um and then there's a lot of purples and it goes into like even ultraviolet and even the x-ray spectrum if you can see that deep like if you have dark vision or something um so uh yeah you can hear that there's there's some sorts of avian creatures flying around. There's definitely water. There seems to be some sort of topsoil layer that's formed here. Um, And there's like thick ferns uh, near the entrance. Um, 
right where you guys are at the moment, there's a pretty thick canopy, so you're not sure how far up it goes. Um, but you do see that there's some light coming from above. Well, this is already not what I was expecting, so... It's, uh, it's beautiful. Is there any kind of infosphere signal that uh, Quentin and I can pick up? Um, so you definitely lose your connection uh, to the regular infosphere when you get in here. Um, and then there's some sort of encrypted network. How encrypted? Well, you can try to make a computer's check to access it. I shall decrypt it. Interest sphere. I rolled uh, a 26. Yeah, well, I rolled a 1. All right, so, um, uh, Bob, uh, you determine uh, pretty quickly uh, that this thing has a form of, uh, we will call it, uh, blue ice uh countermeasure that will attack uh your uh system and it attacks you in uh, it's a it's a computer virus um and it seems to be moving in a kind of evolutionary pattern um so like you you could a- achieve the infosphere connection no problem it then basically counterattacks you and through um uh, algorithmic genetic learning branching it's going to find like all of your internal passwords and basically jam your signal and uh denial of service you um but you're so good at spotting it that you're one step ahead of it so how do you stop that uh Uh, i i i flip the off switch uh on my internal infosphere connection and i uh, put up a bunch of firewalls as i try to back out of that system as quickly as possible uh, Quentin. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There's an infosphere connection here. You don't see what the big deal is. Bam. Quentin, uh, don't connect to the infosphere. I don't see. Plunk. Uh, so for a little while, uh, your your internal infosphere integration is down, Quentin. Um, mm-hmm. and um, you feel like you've lost. I don't know your phone and your hand and part of your psyche all at the same time. So, so I'm, I'm about 12% dumber. (laughs) Yeah. You just can't like look up references on the fly. You can't, you know, search for things and, 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 Oh, you're hurting my feelings. Don't scare me like that, Kevin. (laughs) These things don't really exist. (sighs) If we don't get it fixed, it may be permanent. Uh, I could talk like this for the rest of the game. You mean like Skritic? No. Um, oh! <laughs> Did you hear what he said about Rob? So, yeah. Uh, after a moment of shorting out, uh, then what do you do, Quentin? Devil bunnies. I snort the nose, Lucifer. Tithe, tithe. Roop, roop. Uh, probably going to have to turn myself off and turn myself back on. Uh, so, Bob, you note that uh, Quentin is kind of rebooting some parts of himself. Um, and everybody else, mm-hmm. you, his eyes uh, and like his whole face display flickers, um, and you know, some like a little satellite thing comes out of his sphere and rotates around, and like he opens up the Swiss Army knife of uh, like telescoping little limbs he has, and then retracts them for no reason. Yeah, the uh, there's a virus. Yeah, there's a virus on the infosphere, internal infosphere, and it's. It's nasty, and I, th- I think he's trying to reboot. 
One of his knives comes out and starts rotating red, yellow, and blue. Uh, Can we do something to help out? Um, yeah. Why don't you give me a medicine check? (laughs) Twenty-two. Yeah, you could always shoot him up with adrenaline. That would probably help. Oh god. I mean, it probably would help his biological components, like take you know, it cause those to kind of go into overdrive temporarily, and um, you know. Kind of help reboot a system. Overclock him. I'm, I'm being serious. You got a pretty good role. Mm-hmm. I mean, would there be side effects? Of course there would be side effects, but... <laughs> How long do my boosters last outside of combat? Um, I think 10 minutes. I, I'll double check it for you. Uh, I've, I've got it pulled up. The effect lasts for a number of rounds equal to my key ability score modifier. Yeah. Uh, uh, so that's... I would definitely say like that's for like a combat thing. Um, right. Uh, you know, for for out of combat, I'm totally okay with them lasting, say, ten minutes. Okay, uh, I think that makes them a little bit more flexible. And yeah, yeah. Uh, we're gonna shoot Quentin up with the uh, the speed enhancement one as part of that all uh, adrenaline boost. Yeah, I dig it. So, what does that do? Plus ten foot enhancement bonus to their speed. There you go, Quentin. So, as you uh, reboot, your infosphere connection is still down, but you have. You can cope with it a little bit better now. Um, and you've been shot full of adrenaline that helped you reboot. Rebooting. I-M-T-W-K-E-4. Unit Labor Force 553. Why does the porridge bird lay his egg in the air? Accessing. Hello. You okay, I am- buddy? Hello. I am a quantum... Hello. I am a quantum-enhanced titanium shell neurological and heuristic system for education and instruction. But please call me... We'll bonk him. Hello. I am a quantum-enhanced titanium shell neurological and heuristic system for education and instruction. But please call me Quentin. Hey. Hey, Quentin. You remember where you are? We are currently in the hypercube about to be murdered. Oh, great, great, great. I was afraid we'd have to catch you up on a lot of stuff. All right, let's... Try uh, try not to connect to... Don't connect to anything, Quentin. Agreed. This is Worker speaking. Hello. Anybody who is uh, confident on your ability to move around on scene, uh, go ahead and hide. I will slide quietly into the brush, kind of like Homer Simpson. (laughs) <laughs> and, and and while we're not being actively uh attacked but also probably can't be seen or heard from base uh i uh team co-captain dictate we're we're gonna try to talk to this thing before we jab it i'll stealth my way under a lizard or something understood hide under a mushroom just take the cap of a mushroom and put it on <laughs> yes, hover around with a mushroom hat. Uh so by the way, uh Critic, why don't you give me a survival check? Actually, anyone who wants to can give me a survival check, anyone trained. And uh anyone who wants to can give me a life science check if you're trained. Uh, only a twenty-two. I'm trained in life science. Only a twenty-two. I am not trained in life science, and I have to consider that. That, that no, should be Brian's it. official critical hit quote. Dang, only a 22. Also uh, only a 22. <laughs> yeah, you guys have excellent mods. So, um, However, 22 is good enough to learn 
quite a good deal. So uh, you come at this from different angles, um, from uh, Scritic survival being like, oh, those spines are definitely dangerous and can be shot out at you. Um, and I don't like the color of those spores. Probably shouldn't breathe those in. Um, to Amu uh, recognizing the exact uh, species of that Venus flytrap monster um, or uh, the fact that these particular types of flowers, uh, due to the unique dye capsules in their stamen, can actually shoot lasers out uh, from their blossoms. So it, to, to go to uh, Hecubino's earlier question, are any of these things dangerous? <laughs> yes. So the answer is all of them? All Amu of them are dangerous? Start pointing out the various flora. Oh boy. See, that's that's a Venusian beast trap. It may try to eat us. Those look like they're probably related to the uh the death orchids of uh Ursus Prime. Uh the ones on Ursus shoot lasers, so probably steer clear of those. Uh give them a wide berth. There are many more um plants, you know, some of them are mobile. Um, you know, there are, uh, some type of, uh, basically think of it as like a hummingbird. It was crossed with like a scorpion. Mm. So, so basically try not to touch every, anything. Well, I mean, there's like giant trees and vines that could probably support your weight and stuff like that. You're touching the ground right now. Oh, great. Now your shoes are infected. <laughs> Full of humming vorpians. Didn't they tell you to check your shoes for humming vorpians? Uh, they, have you, they have you, like, check the mirrors on the way out to make sure you don't have any stowaways. <laughs> yeah. I look at my boot. I stepped on a butterfly. This can't be good. We're <laughs> not time traveling. We're not time traveling. I'm just saying its mate will probably scent, uh, sense the scent of its death and come after us. Oh, no, those look like they're here just to propagate the uh, Levarin uh, orchids over there. Why is uh, all of this here? Is this all native to the planet? Uh, um, you're fairly convinced that this environment is not native to any one world. That's from Vesk. That's from Akaton. That's from Rikrichi. Oh, that's from Rikrichi. Uh, those are Levarin. By the way, the Rikrichi thing, um, it should only survive underwater, but this one seems to be genetically modified to not be to be able to survive not underwater. Ooh. Now, this is how this thing defends itself. Um, it's uh, some sort of genetic editor, so it put up a forest so that they wouldn't bother it. Uh, what's the name of the planet we're on? I can't remember off the top of my head. Um... It's uh, Arshalan. Yes, that's right. Arshalan oh. is a planet steadily being devoured by the hexus industrial recycler units that are raising through the forest and wetlands for raw material used by doctor and scramble we don't see any plants native to arshalon here except for maybe yeah. that one yep. actually that one is arshalon that's that's a, a common form of arshalon vine known for its uh it's called the arshalon spider vine it doesn't it's not like intelligent or anything it just makes weird webs yeah, huh. this is this is what it had ready. The way that you or I might like kick over a bunch of tables and boxes to make cover. This is what this thing's doing. It's pretty pretty impressive. All right, well, let's go 
beat down its cover and yeah, try to talk to it at least. Yep. If you want to talk, make a creative, new friend. We want to make friends. Uh, so you guys just keep uh, you try to find a path and head on yeah. through. Yeah, we'll move towards the center okay. just because that seems about as good a, a direction as any. Uh, and who is stealthing? If anyone, Bob is. I'm not trying stealthing. Bengi is definitely not. Yeah. Um, so if you are, are you guys picking your way slowly or trying to go at normal speed? There are consequences for both decisions. But um, if you pick, if you uh, go at normal speed while stealthing, your stealth roll takes a penalty. Um, yeah. Since, if, yeah. What's the penalty? Since we're not, since, since we are not trying to hide, we are not necessarily also trying to rush. Like we want to be seen. So. Uh, Feng and Hekubino and Amu can move relatively slowly if it facilitates for everybody else to hide. What makes you think Amu's not hiding? Oh, is Amu hiding? No. <laughs> I guess maybe the dex mod of minus one was, uh, was a pretty good indicator, but you know. You may think he's hiding. He's trying. Uh, I mean, maybe he, has, uh, maybe he has like a camouflage uh, injection. There you go. Uh, we, we need a few more levels before I can access that. Okay. Um, no, Amu is way too excited about all the uh, cool new plants to even try hiding, as they'll be talking about every new plant they see. So we're getting a botany tour from Amu. Got it. Yep. And what what terrible things it could do to your insides or outsides or both? Even better. So I know what Amu and I think Hecubino and Vangi are doing. What about uh, Bob, Skritik, and Quentin? Yeah, I think I'm going to take it slow, just with all the everything here. Yep, I'm going to take it slow, too. I'm gonna sneak. You guys trying to trade, stay near each other, or just take, you know, different routes, but also being sneaky? I was going to say, I'm going to specifically take a different route. You know, yeah. Split up. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to stay within 10 meters of the, uh, of the main group. Sounds good. Is it so you can hear Amu point out all the deadly things? Yes. <laughs> and and catalog them in my uh, exocortex. Uh, Skritik, you said you're taking it pretty slow and finding yeah. a different route. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quentin, what about you? I'm a float casual. All right. So we got the four uh, guys grouped together in the middle. And then uh, Bob and Skritik, why don't you guys give me stealth checks? I'm stealthing too. Twenty-two oh, on stealth. Wait, you you're you're stealthing with your float yeah. casual. Yes. Okay. <laughs> wow. Pretty good. That's pretty good. Like survival the first time, but yeah, then rolled stealth. Disguising himself as one of those number. floating mushrooms. Wow. Yeah, you guys are doing. You guys have uh, all. I mean, there's a lot of cover and concealment here. Um. So the. It's just a matter of, you know, how to pick your spot and move between them. Um, but it's also helpful that uh, the three guys in the center are making plenty of noise and are easy to track and are moving at a nice, slow speed. You pick your way through. It's pretty densely overgrown after you get out of that initial hallway. So it's it's actually just slow going no matter what, um, for a little bit until you get past some of the, uh, thick ferns. But, um, then you get to like a little path where you can walk along some downed, uh, tree trunks and then some vines, um, that are really, really thick. 
Uh, and then you get to see a little bit more uh, past the initial canopy. And there are, um, first of all, there's like weird jellyfish creatures floating in the sky. Um, there's some sort of pterosaur flying around. Uh, there's just a whole web of uh, vines um, and lots of flowers that are blooming, sometimes with spikes, sometimes oozing uh, ominously colored liquids. Um, Ooh. Yeah, some of them smell like um, cotton candy and uh, your first love, and you'd do anything to drink that sweet, sweet nectar. Oh, wait, no, it's uh, it's got some sort of weird pheromone. Probably should stay away from that. <laughs> no, we're collecting some of that stuff. I, I smell... I, I don't think you understand how many samples Amu's going to come back with. <laughs> well, Amu's having a field day on this field trip. Uh, what were you saying, Hecubino? Oh, uh, I smell sex and candy. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. Has anybody seen my chair? It, it smells like new cars smell to me. <sighs> oh, yep. Yep. There you go. New car and freedom. Yeah. <laughs> and and a little little pine with the uh you know the window <laughs> hanger. All right. So anyway, um oh other th- floating things you see in, in the cube though are uh, these rooms that seem to be set up um, connected to some of the walls. So I guess they're not technically floating. Um, But uh, there are, you know, either cubes or rectangles, uh, not rectangles, rectangular prisms, whatever, um, uh, that seem to hold, uh, you know, office rooms, or you, you can't tell. Some of them are translucent, some of them are opaque and just white. Um, but they seem to be not the rest of this wildlife. Um, but they're, none of them are ground level. They're all several stories up. Hmm. Is there an obvious way to get up to them? No, you'll need to fi- I mean, there's vines and like trees and stuff, but not from where you are right this second. What about a floating robot? Uh, a floating robot only f- it like levitates just off the ground. Um, he'd still need to climb just like any of you. To- he's just controlling his internal balance sensors differently. Uh, he doesn't okay. have like the spell levitation or anything like that. He can only stay like a meter off the ground or maybe two. What about a yeeted floating robot? Excuse me? What? I am not a soccer ball, sir. Yeah, you don't uh, yeet a soccer ball. You kick a soccer ball. So is it going to like special? Is it going to dead end? Um, like if we're going uh, vertically, like do we need to kind of go up? No, the, there's plenty of space to move around, and there's un, unlike in society at large inside the cube. There's plenty of upward mobility. Hmm. Um, wow! Oh, wow! <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, there, That's via, deep, ogre. <laughs> via these vines or these trees that are leaning up against each other, or some particularly enormous uh palm fronds um or you know maybe even you know some of these floating jellyfish that are non-toxic or at least non-toxic to you um you could catch a ride on them there's there's lots of ways up but not from where you are right now you're you're staring you're like you're surrounded by thick you know burn plants at the bottom um with kind of tall, narrow, hard-to-climb trees at where you are at the moment. 
So the random like offices, does it look like I I'm guessing this whole thing is just modular and you can just put offices and pathways wherever you want? Yes. Um, You'd guess so. Does it does it look like the 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 ones that are still around have any sort of like purpose to them or is it just like does it does it seem like this office wasn't in the way so there's no point in like taking the time to like break it apart and like slide all the slats back into the wall um there're definitely more like you don't see any in basically the bottom half of the cube mm. so at least some of your theory about they're taking up space is uh valid um okay. now the opaque ones it's hard to tell if they serve a purpose or not because you know you're just looking at a completely blank wall, blank wall. um there are some translucent ones and those seem to hold they seem to be basically uh storage compartments for uh technological devices well i would say that looks like storage. Let's just keep going along the ground, and if we can't run into anything down here, then we can try and checking some of the opaque offices. Sounds good. Only question is whether any of those opaque offices are going to start shooting at us, but well, we shall see. If they do, then at least we'll have uh, something to go on. Hmm. Alright, so you guys continue picking your way through, or? <laughs> yeah. Great. Um, as you do, uh, why don't you guys why doesn't everyone give me a perception check? Ooh, I'm What's good at perception. This oh wait, perception's actually good. Uh, all right, but in any case, it looks like all of you are proceeding along just fine and dandy, except for Spritic, the ever vigilant, um, who, who spots that just ahead of you uh, there are a pair of Jabubnan guards, it looks like, um, who are hopping on their one leg uh, towards you, uh, although they are also hopping very stealthily. They, they, they despite their uniforms, which uh, Skritik, you can note, are pretty torn up, um, they're pretty stealthy. Um, no one else notices, though, Skritik, so you have a mere moments before uh, the Jabubnan guards and the uh, remainder of the party encounter each other. All right, I'm gonna not a problem, but you know <laughs> who knows. Uh, yeah, I'll basically just kind of pop out of my cover and go. Uh, uh, look out! We got a uh, company coming. Uh, All right, I for cover. All right, sure. So, um, anyone else do any immediate like you know pull out a weapon, cast a spell? Yeah, I mean, I had my weapon out, so I'll just kind of like brace for this. Yeah, my weapon was already out, so I'll kind of train it on them. All right. Uh, so then, um, coming out from where Skritik has warned you uh, they are, are two Jabubnans. Uh, again, seemingly dressed as guards, though their suits are half torn off. Uh, their muscles are bulging and pulsating strangely. Their eyes are nictitating furiously and are glowing bright red um they hold these two-handed shock staffs uh as they glare at you um and uh then uh they they start to bulge their their neck 
uh, in that toad-like fashion, and they immediately puff up like you saw uh, in the boardroom where they can become, you know, four to six times their size. Um, and that is to say they become size category large, uh, and they start to uh, hop at you on their now gigantic one leg. So uh, everyone has already rolled for initiative. Yeah. Uh, so my initiative is eight higher because I forgot about um, class features and improved initiative. So sorry about that. Okay. It's been a while. That only only ruins my entire pre-rolling of initiative. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, just let me insert this here. All right, Vangie, because Sam doesn't know how to roll initiative. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, when he dives for cover, Hecubino first to uh, act, uh, sensing that not all is right with these uh, pair of Jabobnans. What do you do, Hecubino? They seem to, like, be ready to stab you guys with those shock stabs. Yeah, I will. Um, Agubino will be like, "Hey, we mean you no harm. Take us to our le- to your leader, and then uh, save a uh, an action to zap them if they attack somebody." Okay. Uh, Amu, what do you do? Yeah, we run to the uh, capture pole. That way, if they uh, do come within range, we can try and keep one of them away. Okay. Uh, they also seem to be pretty large and therefore probably have reach. You can maybe try to figure out what's wrong with them. That's also a good plan. Uh, what role would I need on that one? If you want to try to like diagnose them, I'd say that's a medicine check. 22. Okay, well, they're clearly enraged, and um, you're not sure if they're so much... They're definitely stronger than an average Jabubnan, um, but they're also moving with a certain fearlessness um, and almost like they don't even like they're wielding their weapons more like giant clubs that just so happen to be electrified. Um, They are they're um, not at all like any of the corporate Jabubnans you've encountered so far in demeanor. Um, and you think that that is a due to a physiological syndrome, like something has happened to them. Um, either they've been exposed to a poison or a disease or something like that. You could know more about exactly what's happened to them if you could like actually study them. But for right now, you'd say they're dangerous and not operating at full mental capacity. What do you say? If anything, do you convey anything to the rest of the party as they are about to be assaulted by these giant, giant toads? Uh, these two are not within their uh, full minds. Uh, keep care to uh, realize that they are enraged and uh, may need our assistance. Uh, he says, as Vangi uh, readies her cryopike right before the Jabobnans. So uh, what do you do, Vangi? Uh, I'm going to just uh, basically ready in action to attack the first one that comes into range. Okay, well then, after a whole lot of studying and people going, hmm, I don't know, uh, the Jabubnins are up, and they are not afraid to hop into action. Um, So one of them will leap forward and attack. And it will attack, uh, let's see here, either Vangi or Hecubino, as you two are up front. So one to three is Hecubino. It is Hecubino! 
Um, uh, and that will tr trigger a couple of readied actions. So, Hecubino, one of these uh, giant toads is about to hop on you and smack you in the face with a shock staff. Uh, you had readied a mind blast or a, some sort of frap. What do you do? Uh, yep, yeah, I'll hit it with a second level mind thrust. So that'll be a save on its part. We'll save. What's the DC? I can guarantee you it fails this time, but I am curious what the DC is. 17. Um, 17. Cool. Yeah. I mean, my roll below 10 is not going to succeed no matter what. Yeah. So, um, uh, you, uh, overwhelm its mind, uh, which you can sense is, is struggling. Um, it's pretty easy to overwhelm its mind as if its mind is like kind of collapsing in on itself. Uh, so what do you overload its mind with? I will kind of get in there and like look around and then just kind of like pull out a Jenga block and let it just kind of collapse a little bit. All right. Um, yeah, that Jenga block is uh, the um, jingle of the corporate infomercial. Um, and uh, now it just uh, is um, caught in an endless loop of that uh, dealing. How much psychic damage? Uh, 24. Oh yeah, that's a that's a it's a real earworm. Uh, there's another triggered ray action of Vangie with her cryopike. Uh, so I have a seventeen to hit. Seventeen to hit their EAC, right? Because you deal cold damage. Correct. Yeah, that gets there. Sweet. Then they'll take eighteen in cold damage. Eighteen cold damage, and they don't have any cold resistance. Ouch! Uh, so that one is. Uh, definitely looking worse for wear. Um, they don't like the cold, though they're not like vulnerable to it. They just don't like it. Um, and after uh, it starts, you know, bleeding from the eyes and ears and mouth from uh, the psychic assault, uh, and then that blood gets turned into little ice crystals after um, Vangi slashes a hole in its neck and it starts deflating slightly. Uh, but it is still up. And uh, content to try to slam Hecubino uh, with this shock staff. Hecubino, what is your EAC? My EAC is 15, but did I manage to get cover? Uh, yeah, we'll say you got cover behind this bright red flower. That's totally, totally, totally not a problem. Okay. Uh, so uh, you do get cover. But it does hit you anyway, okay. um, just because it's uh, pretty good at hitting things with this. So you will take 12 electricity damage. Okay. Uh, and then the other one thinks that Amu looks tasty. Amu, you look like food. Uh, so it is going to open its giant mouth and stick out its tongue and try to tongue grab you from a distance. Eh, I need an adult. Uh, Amu, what is your kinetic armor class? 14. Ah, great. Then you are hit and grabbed and it will pull you back uh, towards itself. And you take 10 bludgeoning damage. That goes to stamina, right? Yep. All this damage goes to stamina first. Uh, Bob... From hiding, what do you do? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna use my plasma rifle and try to shoot the one that's uh, closest to the party in his uh, in his expanding goiter. All right, <laughs> nice. 
<laughs> Go for it, Bob. Uh, 24. Yeah. Fire that, damage. It's AC. Yep. Okay. Uh, so it looks like it is only doing eight damage. Okay. Uh, it adds up. Um, this thing has now been frozen and then caught on fire, uh, you know, via plasma. It's, um, I think plasma is, by the way, both electrical and fire damage, but uh, neither here nor there. Um, it is unhappy, but uh, it does still seem to be kind of enraged and therefore still aggressive. Anything else you want to do with your turn, Bob? Uh, I'm going to move into a, a better position where I might be able to split my shots uh, among uh, both of the creatures. All right. So you go to occupy a little bit more of a central position, um, kind of right where, you know, Amu once was. And uh, without that uh, ominous foreboding at all, uh, Skritic, you are not hidden because you had to come and warn these guys. Uh, but uh, that warning seems to have been uh, very valid. What do you do now? Uh, well, I think I'm going to uh, try to scamper up a tree, uh, grab a vine and swing down and Try to uh, knife one of these guys in the back of the head. All right. Um, yeah, so you can easily find a tree and a vine to scamper across. Um, why don't you give me a survival check? Ooh, oh, what? That's a nat one. Okay. All right. um, so you're like, yeah, I can just hop on this. Um, and you hop on, uh, it's, it's a pitcher plant, unfortunately. And it, the pitcher just drops out under you and you're suddenly surrounded by this thick viscous like honey like you know uh it, not sap um i don't know whatever its internal liquid is and you realize it's probably its digestive juices ah. take nine acid damage ah, okay but then continue you can easily pull yourself out it's not moving or anything you just fell into it um <laughs> you can continue with your attack Am I in range of knifing anyone? Oh, yeah, yeah. You can move and and knife someone. They're just going to see you coming, and it won't be your special operative attack. Eh, okay. I'll do that with my normal measly damage, or try to. (laughs) 19 to hit? Yeah, it hits. All right. Three damage, then. Cool. To the same one? Yeah. Okay. Uh, So, uh, after Skritic... cleans himself off of some of that pitcher plants acid. Uh, there is still uh, one uh, hidden member of the party of uh, floating casual. Quentin, what do you do? Dun, 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 dun. Hmm. All right. So we have one who's injured and possibly deflating. This is correct. Yes. We have one who's just sort of floating around being a jerk. Oh, uh, well, it's got Amu in its mouth, but yeah. Okay, so I'm going to shoot the one that has Amu in its mouth in a, in a manner that allows Amu to escape. So I'm going to like try and shoot him in a place that makes him open his mouth and go, wah! And then Amu can leap out of his mouth like a Tom and Jerry cartoon. I like that. So you're going to be basically targeting its tongue or some sensitive area around its mouth. So I will give you a choice. Either, mm-hmm. one, you're shooting mostly for distraction, which is to say you're trying to help Amu exclusively and the mm-hmm. damage is immaterial. You're just trying to distract it. Mm-hmm. Or two, or B, I can't remember whether I, uh, how I started that. <laughs> um, beta, uh, Prime, you... Uh, One, two, and C. You um, are trying to do both. 
but that is slightly harder. That is to say, I will increase its uh, the the difficulty of hitting it if you want to deal both damage and help Amu. Um, I would like to attempt to deal damage and help Amu in the expectation that either way I'm going to help Amu. How much okay. more difficult is more difficult? Uh, if you want to deal full damage to this thing and uh, give Amu uh, a major assist, uh-huh. uh, I'd say it's plus five. Hmm. I can. You, yeah. I can probably get it's it. Also f- flat-footed for what it's worth right now, so you do get plus two to hit. Yeah, I'd say hit it for damage. I can probably get it to drop Amu because I can like daze it. Yeah. Also, right. damaging. You can get something to uh, to drop it if you knock it unconscious. It's also true. true, but it is Quentin's action and he's hidden, so you guys can't really advise him. Oh, no, that would never happen. All right, so you said a plus five, which in this case would be a minus five. But I get sure. plus two because he's yep. flat-footed. Yeah, so you could translate that as a minus three if you want. I could, but I could also do this. Wow! That's low. Um yeah, an eleven. If people, any better? No matter what you tried, that was going to fail. What? <laughs> saying that if even if I gave you what? a plus five to that, you still would have failed. I'm just saying, like, that your decision was irrelevant. If that makes you feel better, no, that That's doesn't better. make me feel Evan, any better. Evan, that doesn't usually makes humans feel better. The universe is cold and doesn't care about you. See, I find it very <laughs> freeing. And. uh and a thousand years, nobody's even going to care about this. Yeah. That's not true. People are going to dig this up and they're going to listen to this podcast and go, hey, that fat hey, one sounds look, rad. Look, look at these nerds. Oh, thanks. <laughs> or maybe that rad one sounds fat. It's hard to say. I don't know. Say which fat right. one? So exactly. Quentin tries to aim up the perfect shot and then uh, Humming Borpian. Uh, comes into view and he goes and shoots wildly off into the vines. <laughs> How do you say a curse word in binary? Yeah. Uh, so back around to Hecubino. Um I am going to um, I'm guessing I'm within reach of the one that attacked me. Am I threatened? Like am I within threat? How does that work? Yeah. Okay. Um, I am uh, am I able to shift out of that threat, or is it like right up on me? Uh, so it's it's right up on you for one. So it's pretty big. Um, and then uh, in Starfinder, um, the attacks of opportunity. There's it's it's a little simpler, which is kind of nice from uh, you know other editions. There's um, only three cases that an AOO is going to come up, which is when an opponent moves out of a threatened space in any way other than guarded step which is like a five foot step as it's like right. a shift action from right, right. from before uh, or withdrawing um and uh then if you they otherwise otherwise make a ranged attack or cast a spell um so uh you could try a guarded step but the problem is this thing is large right um so you think it probably has reach right so a guarded um, step probably won't get you out of its reach Okay. Now you could always uh, just move and just get hit with a shock staff. Worst case scenario. Yeah, but I'd I'd rather just cast a. Well, I guess then my spell would be. Able to, uh, how do you cast defensively again? Um. So in Starfinder, I don't think that that's a thing. Um. Let me double check. 
I could be totally wrong because I, oh no, there's, there's casting. Um, but, 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 but I do remember. So unfortunately this is one of those things with, uh, um, the more systems, uh, you know, the harder it comes, becomes to keep track of them. Yeah. Cause they change it just enough to always be different. Especially when they're various iterations of the third edition. Mm. Uh, let's see. To successfully so, cast a spell, you must... No, so, oh, yeah, yeah. There, There is no cast offensively. That's right. I was right. Cool. Um, but uh, your spell won't get interrupted. Um, you'll just get hit for damage. It's the worst case thing that happens. Oh, okay. So I just provoke an opportunity attack? Yep. Well, I don't have a lot of hit points, but I guess Dems the breaks, and there's a chance they could miss. I am going to use a first level spell uh, called Command on um, the one that has one? ammo. Okay. So, uh, what happens first? Attack of opportunity? First, uh, it attacks. So, what does it look like when you start to use your spell? Probably, uh, Hecubino like, um, puts like his a finger to his temple. And then, like, reaches out with his other hand and makes, like, clawy motions. All right. And as he starts to reach out, uh, he is distracted enough that uh, this giant Jabubnin will try to slam you with its shock staff uh, as an opportunity attack. And um, as it does so, though, uh, you uh, sidestep just behind that ruby red um, flower I mentioned earlier. Instead slams that and oh no uh that's one of the uh the deadly laser orchids that is to say uh umokanthas uh that uh that amu was describing earlier and it seems angry so first of all you are missed hakubino uh this Great. laser flower has been hit by the jabubnin and then the, uh, and it takes a bunch of electricity damage as a result. And then the laser flower is going to shoot some of its, uh, it, it can, its dye is actually a lasing medium. Uh, so it uses one of its uh, laser spines and will just shoot right back at it. Um, and it gets stabbed a little bit. In any case, your command uh, resolves. So for the other one, I have to make a will save DC 17 or 18? 16. 16. 16. Because it's a first level spell. Okay, and what are you commanding? Um, I will command it to halt, which is going to daze it for one round, unless I can use the drop command to just have it spit out Amu. Yeah, you can use that. Okay, does I mean I know that Amu is actually like a Greco-Roman wrestler statistically. Like, is that yeah. is that something that like Rob? Do you actually want him to let you go? Because I can just stun him. Uh, yeah, she probably uh, stunning him seems really helpful. Okay, I'll stun him. Uh, he is going to be, well, he's going to be dazed for one round. Uh, okay, and then, uh, so one thing you have trouble with is really accessing, because I believe command is language dependent, right? Uh, let's see. Uh, targets one living creature, saving you give a target one of the follow. I have to give it a command, which at a base of the base of visibility. If the target can't carry yeah. out your command... So it's the, it has the language-dependent subtype of spells, so it's like an enchantment compulsion, oh, language-dependent yeah, mind-affecting. Yeah. Yep, yep, um, yep. But that's okay. But you do have to reach deep in its mind to like pull back language. Language seems to be buried pretty deeply in there. And when you do, it goes... Working hard or hardly work... These poor creatures. And then okay. it is stunned. Anything else you I... want to do with your turn? 
I'll I'll scooch away from the the Jabobnan that missed me and see if I can try and get clear uh, eventually. Yeah, that that laser flower um, seems to be mostly like it, it's just angry that it's been hit and probably wants things to stay away from it. Yeah, yeah. So I'll 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 take a guarded step away. Uh, Amu, what do you do now that uh, it, the creature that had uh, tongue grabbed you uh, is stunned? Uh, so one of the things I have with Biohacker is treat condition. Hmm. Would that? Let me find it again. There it is. Uh, so as a standard action, I can treat a willing uh, adjacent oh. creature to remove so, the shaken, sickened, or staggered condition. Yeah, it's not willing. These things are too far gone. You would need to yep. probably use like actual medicine on them when they're unconscious. Say, yeah, or, remove or conditions. Uh, like it also just lists the conditions, right? Like the specific conditions. Yeah, it lists the specific conditions: the shaken, sickened, or staggered. Uh, you'd say these things are more far gone than that. Probably of some like yeah. disease or other condition. Uh, we still have to hit in order to actually deliver any of my theorems. Your injections, or, yes. Yeah. I mean, the stunned one is almost assuredly going to be uh, pretty Easier easy to, to hit. hit. Yeah, which is also the one that's holding on to me, anyways. Yeah. Uh, you can totally whack it. Your yep. capture staff has an injection. Has yep. the injection property, right? Yeah. Yep. We're gonna do. I pair inhibitor once. I know I compare the other ones. So, yeah, its tongue has definitely loosened enough around you that you have enough... Like, normally when you're grabbed, you wouldn't be able to use a two-handed weapon. uh, Mm -hmm. But you you can kind of loosen it from from the tongue grip. And it's a little slimy, but you can wield it. Alright. We're gonna try and hit him with the uh, toxicology breakthrough, or toxicology inhibitor. Great. Why don't you make your attack roll? 11. Un- unfortunately that also doesn't end well for you uh yeah so um it uh it has a a healthy coating of protective slime that the the needle just like pierces off of, or doesn't pierce off of slides off of uh apparently my uh thing only updated part of stuff so my melee attack should be a six i'm assuming a 12 still doesn't actually it that's correct okay all right uh, anything else, Amu? That, uh, can I attempt to escape? Um, you can pick your way out of its tongue, but you won't be able to move far. Alright, cool. Uh, that brings up Vangi. Uh, then I'm also going to take advantage of this guy being stunned and try to, well, uh... Keep in mind, they, there's one up front that oh. was engaged with you and Hecubino. There that was not stunned. Uh, the one that was further back used a ranged tongue attack ah, to grab Amu. All right, fair enough. Then, yeah, I'm going to continue to mess with the uh, the one who's uh, uh, with me and just uh, stab him again with my pike. Okay. Uh, 23 to hit. Then take 16 cold damage. Uh, he definitely drops unconscious and definitely looks like he's about to die. Okay. Like, he is not fighting you anymore. He immediately deflates, or they uh, they don't have, really have obvious genders um and uh yeah in shock convulsing uh, uh, when you're done at the tongue maybe keep this guy from dying right. we'll work on it anything else there vengi murderer of jabobnan guards 
You know, the Jumpman's, I think, explicitly told us that we could kill their guards, I gotta say. But, um, no, no, I'm good. Right. Uh-huh. Um, I actually, I will step back. I will, now that he's not in my face, I will move to uh, get closer to uh, the one that's got his tongue around Amu. Alright, cool. Sounds good. Bob? Can I move into a, uh, is there like a flank in, in this game? Um, yeah, you can move to flank it, and it'll basically be flat-footed from you. So you only get that condition once, so it's not it's not any more advantageous than striking a stunned opponent. Okay, so we're not. So we've agreed we're not going to kill these guys. You you but, ask that to the group? Sure. Are we, yeah, let me just. Hey, hey, are we uh, are we killing these guys? Are we taking them out? Not if you don't have to. Okay, then I will move around. Uh, behind the the one that has Amu, and again, open fire with my plasma rifle. Yeah, that one's unhurt. Uh, that is looks like a ten. Yeah, that's um, not going to do it. A ten yeah, is still okay. not good enough to hit their their even stunned EAC. Um, it's again the humming Borpians. They are they are a menace. You really don't want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stupid humming Borpians. Yep. All right. Well, I did a move and I did a um, an attack, so I'm done. All right, Scritic. I will uh, uh, rip a mushroom cap off of a tree and like frisbee it into the face of the uh, remaining standing guy, and then try to follow it up with a slash low. Try to catch it. Make a make a go ahead and give me a survival check there. I like that. Right. Oh, Ooh, good. One. There you go. Yeah, it's perfect. It's one of those excellent like frisbee golf throws. It's just like perfectly on 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 placement, and then it explodes into a bunch of spores. Um, so uh, this one is super distracted, uh, and it's flat footed from you as well. So go ahead and make your attack. Uh, Fifteen to hit. Well, plus the flat footed. Yep, that so will hit. hit. All right. So uh, three plus eighteen, so twenty one. 21 damage. Yeah, that packs a punch um, as you knife it. <laughs> Where do you knife it, Scratch? I think I just kind of uh, hamstring it more than anything. Yeah, and that's devastating for something with only one leg. Yeah. Oh, that hurt. Oh, I can't timber this thing. And uh, if it's still standing, then uh, I'll make it, I'm going to say off target. All right, great. So it will have a penalty to attack as well. Yep. Uh, Quentin, how do you follow that up? So he hamstring it. That's right. That's how that, yep. Yeah, that's, that's, that's how you conjugate that verb. So does it have an open wound sure. on the back on the back of its knee? I'm going to shoot it with my uh, plasma rifle right in the open wound. All right. Go ahead and make your attack. That's going to hurt more because, you know, 26. Damn. Skrakow. Quentin, Quentin knows two things, the internet and shooting. And he doesn't have the internet right now. <laughs> and he's all out of bubblegum. <laughs> all out of internet. Oh. <laughs> all right, go ahead and roll damage for your plasma rifle. Oh, let's see. 7,000 points. Uh, do I get any bonus points for shooting it right in the wound? Um, You do get <laughs> the satisfaction of hitting it. <laughs> Uh, how about nine points of damage right in the wound? Nice. Uh, 
it takes it and is looking, you know, pretty worse for wear after uh, your and Skritik's sudden assault. Heck, Yubino, your spell is fading because um, it only lasts one round, right? Sure, sure. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but it definitely bought your companions uh, time and saved Amu. After uh, last round's performance like that, how do you follow it up? I am going Button's probably to... recording. This is going to be released in like the back episodes. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to try and... Uh, let's see, where's my sheet? I'm going to try and nail the one that's still standing with um, a level one mind thrust to conserve my second level spells. So that'll be a 16 save. Oh yeah, it fails. Okay. So it is going to take... Things don't have great pull saves. Uh, let's see. If they did, they might not already be in this situation. It is going to take... 2d10 damage. 5d10? So I'll... Wouldn't 5d10 be 60? Uh, for 9 damage. All right. Um, and what do you overload its mind with? Um, I will put the jingle that I got from the other one into this one. Spring. Oh, wait, no, that was the same one. Um, I will. No, you definitely got the jingle from the other one because you did. Because uh, oh, that's, that's right. That's right. That was my that was my reflexive mind thrust. Yeah, I'll put yeah. that jingle into this one's brain. Yeah, it just gets caught up in the in the loop of it. Um, yeah. It was actually a, a corporate indoctrination video. Now that I think about it. Um, I mean, that is to say, like an HR video that they show you at first. Um, Who moved my cheese? If somebody tells you, would you like to be in a union, you shoot them. (laughs) (laughs) Report them to your local inquisitor. Uh, We played 40k. um, And then I will just try and move in such a way so that I have cover from that guy if it decides to shoot its tongue at me. Okay. Amu, what do you do? All right. We need to go help the other one. <laughs> That's right. The other one is dying. Uh, yeah, let's uh... probably not normally like this. In fact, you're very sure that this thing is suffering vast personality differences due to, uh, due to whatever's afflicting it. We're going to scuttle on over to the dying one and see if we can heal it. Or at least stabilize it. Okay. Give me a quick medicine check. Actually, you know what? I think with your biohacker, you can automatically stabilize a dying creature as your standard action. Probably. Um, You can just inject it and stabilize it. Um, But why don't you give me a medicine check, too, just to start the process of diagnosing it? 34. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, definitely no problem stabilizing it. Um, You know, it would be nice sometimes if your allies pulled their punches. But here we are. Um, Yeah. Jabubnins do not like uh, being lit on fire, having their brains exploded, and then being frozen um, and stabbed. But relatively few things do. Yeah. Uh, anything else you do with your turn, Amu? We're say anything, or you know, going to uh, let everybody know that we've got this one stabilized, uh, and then we're going to try and make it so this guy is between us and the uh, one that's still aggro. No problem. Uh, so as uh, Amu uh, goes and cleans up your mess, Banky, what do you do now? Oh, I'm going to make another mess because I feel, you know, less bad about it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to try to. How how badly injured does this one look at this point? Um. Well, it it's you know the the 
one of its eyes definitely ruptured when uh, it started humming this weird oh, tune. No. Um, and so it's got one bulging, like, what, both its eyes are red because they're just red the color of, like, a tree frog, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but one of them is, like, you can see the the veins in it, and its uh, uh, its pupil is changing shape, and it's it that eye is also like half again the size of the other one, and looks like it's about to pop out, and there's blood coming from it. So you'd say bloodied. Yeah. Ew. All right. Uh... So I'm gonna try to like basically hit it in its foot. You know, hopefully try to hit something not too too vital. Since uh, Amu's got his hands full. And it's one foot that's it's also been hamstrung and plasma <sighs> shot at. The one foot that keeps it upright. Sure, nothing vital. Go for it. <laughs> got a 27 to hit. Yeah, it hits. Take 18 damage. <laughs> All right, and it collapses. And uh, after that, uh, it, it, is, it is down, but um, not like about to die. It's just in really bad shape. Uh, so uh, it, it kind of, you know, whimpers to itself. Uh, there is no I in T-E-A. Uh, she'll, she'll briefly stow her uh, pike and try to start making her own medicine check. It's not nearly as good as Amu's, but maybe it could help him for a bit while sure. Amu's busy. We are out of initiative, by the way, now. So go ahead and make that medicine check. Uh, 15. Yeah, good enough. He he was much like more stable than uh, the other one. Uh, he was further away from dying. So um, yeah, as soon as that guy is down, I will point at Skritic and be like, "Check for cameras or sensors." All right, and well, I will also look around to that. see if yeah to see if these guys were being monitored in some way. Um. So, uh. Skritic, why don't you give me a perception check? And then all of you guys around them can note that they still have some of their um, uh, equipment, like those shock stabs for one, but also they have little wristband communicator uh, data pad things. Ooh, let's steal them. Apparently I double tapped, so I'll go with the first and lower one, 18. Uh, and a 19 for Akibino looking around. Um, okay, so you guys do see some uh, spying on you, um, floating in the distance, but it's not a camera. Oh no, it's this thing. Ah, ah. <laughs> it's a that's, giant floating eye. That's very an upsetting, eye, man. Um, that an eye this big, blood red, staring at me. It, it is. It's green, not blood red. Uh, it is about. You can't tell the look. difference. We do not mock people's <laughs> disabilities on this show, ladies and gentlemen. It's all right. He didn't. He I'm doesn't cool. know. It's fine. It's fine. It, it is about the size of a basketball, and it's flying. Though its wings do not look. They, they don't have feathers. They look like they're made out of I don't know, skin and nerve endings. Uh, <laughs> not okay. Um, but they delicious. definitely seemed to be spying on you and are now flying off in the direction of. One of those large uh, rectangular prism uh, blocks on this side of the wall. Well, that gives us that gives us a direction at least. It yep. does. Well, why don't we take a break in the action right here and uh, say thank you, everyone, for joining us this week. We're going to be back next week. We're going to try to follow the floating eye. We're going to see if we can get this problem taken care of. My guess is there's going to be all sorts of other freakazoid things popping out of the woodwork. 
Uh, so come with us for the body horror and stay for the action and laughs next time on Critical Hit, where we're hoping that all of our dice rolls are critical hits. This podcast is copyright 2021 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.